And yo, we're live, we're live, we're live. This is Beat People Podcast number 83. Uh, I'm B-Boy Tech, and we got my man, Ken Flux Pierce. What up, Ken? Hey, what's up, everybody? You ready to do this today, man? Uh, I mean, as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yo, today we got uh, Mike Bean. Actually, Mike Beam, I'll have to get there right now, is Bird Kids. They uh, are a synth company, and they also created Off-Grid. And if you look in the upper right-hand corner of the screen, you'll see my Off-Grid that I have. And it's a really dope controller, uh, 16 pads, and shoot, pocket size. <laughs> and so, and it's, it's just a really dope joint. And so when I, when I got this and just started looking into uh you know what it was all about i was like you know what i'm gonna reach out to bird kids and mike answered him so figured we'd get them all here but without further ado let's go ahead and get started with the show beat people podcast yo welcome to the show mike hi everyone hey thanks so much for having me yeah no doubt. Thanks for coming, man. Um, did I get your name? Let, how do you pronounce your last name? It's Beam. Beam? Okay. I just wanted to be sure. Uh, cool. Cool. So we got Mike Beam from Bird Kids. So um, tell us about yourself, Mike, um, uh, just for the, for the folks that will watch this and maybe don't know. Let us know who Mike Beam is. Sure. Um, so I, I, I actually started Bird Kids as a record company, kind of like a label back in 2012. Um, to be fair, maybe 2010 was really the impetus. So uh, I was a producer at the time, DJ at the time, and um, I kind of felt that, that there is a huge uh, shift towards like a change where digital medium is going, whereas I was really kind of like old school vinyl DJing and producing on vinyl and so on. And since things around, let's say, MP3s and entire, you know, like uh, BitTorrents and SoulSeek and all those things started started kind of shifting the, the entire industry towards, well, okay, what's going on? All the, all the, all the, all the you know, physical medium heads were not really understanding what's going on. Yeah. And kids were jumping on, MP3s are awesome. All my favorite music, like on a, on a hard disk, I, I didn't. I didn't feel like I wanted to, um, you know, like be bitter about music is not necessarily anymore about you know having this this just just a producer life. So 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 I felt instead of uh, focusing on on how to sell vinyl or records or medium as such, I wanted to spend more time ARing uh, up and coming producers and kind of have this symbiosis between both electronic music and new production medium um, going towards. And that's how Bird Kids actually started as a music label. Not necessarily hardware-oriented, even though everybody in my environment and network really did um, spend a lot of time with hardware such. So that started building up towards 2015. And um, in 2015, I actually started looking into hardware much more than, 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 than just like using it. And yeah. so... That's where Bird Kids is a hardware company. Um, that's that's inception, pretty much. Okay. 
Interesting. I didn't know that. That's uh, that's actually pretty cool. So it started as a record company, rec a record company first, and uh, then kind of morphed into more of a hardware company. Do you do you kind of do both of those things sort of live uh, together? Do do you do both now? Not as far. Not that much because because I felt that um, it's really hard to have us focus on both. Yeah. I don't think it's possible to do both proper, and I don't think I would be doing right by the artists if I if this kind of you know like was a half-assed thing to do. Yeah. Just like run some some label on the side. I think that requires full dedication. The same as hardware, and we chose hardware because um, we just love the physical dimension of all of it. Right. And, at the end of the day, people make music with, with what we produce, and that's what it's all about. Um, that's that's always what drove my, nice. let's say, vision of it, or where, where it needs to go. It's like enabling people and make just whoever makes music, however music is made, is much more important than the medium or, or anything about it. I agree with that. Very cool. Oh, pardon me. So, so um, with Bird Kids becoming a hardware company, what kind of pushed you in that direction, and what was like your first product? Uh, the first product was actually a modular um, oscillator. It, it's called the, the the series was called the Butler, and um, kind of like the jug. It's it's a French word for juggler or like a street mm -hmm. street performer. And, um, I thought it sounded cool. I didn't really, I, I don't really speak French, but but um, the, the butler was my um, wish as a producer to have kind of like the, the signature sound coming from hardware, where I wanted myself to see certain certain qualities of synthesizers that I always love to use and have in music production um, kind of manifest themselves, and that was. Gotta say, a lot of it was about marriage between kind of like this really warm um, Moog 900 series, mm -hmm. um, merging with like coldish prophets, um, like sequential, sequential in the 80s, uh, that type of sound. And I mean, this marriage is a little bit, a little bit um, unholy, but I, I, I thought the idea was cool. <laughs> I wanted to explore that you can on the level of. You know, modular is such a such an interesting such an interesting playground because you can everything is third party compatible just right right off the bat, and I, I love that about it. It was so so kind of democratic. You could use a little bit of that, a little bit of that, bring it together, and see where it goes. So it was never about really creating a product such as such as uh, like a company or a business or anything like that. It was more about a crazy experimental playground for all of us. Um, we didn't have a like a professional setup to create um, instruments or anything like that, we just kind of explored it as and, and it grew completely by trying things out. Actually, Butler never came to be as a product um, out of out of out of some kind of idea to make it one. It was just the wish from some producers who heard it to have one of their own. Then we started thinking about well, like how can we actually produce like ten of those, and then. Out of ten, it became twenty-five, maybe fifty, and at some point, when 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 distribution um, approached us and said, "We think it's 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 a, it's a pretty neat uh, sounding instrument. Let's try, um, let's try and do like a hundred of those." You know, so that that really was the way of doing things. It was never about like having a big 
business idea. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's cool. I mean, there's a purity in that, right? Like, it's, it's very cool. So you're like, hey, I wanna, I want to do this particular instrument. And when you say about this juxtaposition, um, that's almost sacrilege to have this type and that type and bring it together. That's the beautiful thing about Eurorack, but you went there anyway. I was going to say that. That's the dope thing about Eurorack because you can kind of, you can just do whatever and see how it works out. And that's just what's dope about it. I think that's what most people love about just being able to, to get there. And then two, I think we go through phases, right? So, you know, Ken and I talk about this kind of stuff all the time about how obviously there was a point when everybody got rid of all of their analog things and they went digital and then there was another point when everybody got rid of all of their hardware and went software and there was another point when you know uh especially if you started to get into synths it was about finding cool analog uh classic synths and uh and nobody wanted digital and then now there's a lot of cool digital stuff and so it kind of goes in cycles it's cool to kind of have that that stuff there at a juxtaposition should i add these still back here Hopefully. Hopefully, 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 he's got his, got his stuff right. There we'll you find go. out, won't we? Yeah. Yo. Oh, look at that! We can hear you. All right. Yeah, but my camera looks trash now, bro. You look all again. Good. Again, it's all about the subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, Mike. I think that that's kind of dope to have. Uh, something that you did like that and and the cool thing to to think that you did bird kids first as a record company eventually morphed into a hardware company and it really was just kind of like yo we made this thing well maybe each one of us should have one <laughs> that somebody says we want one we want one and it begins to then you start manufacturing stuff that's kind of cool Exactly, that's exactly how it went. Like I had this box which was like hand wired, literally hand wired. We thought it, it sounded it sounded good for us, like for uh, I and, and 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 Marcus, who was the original engineer behind the Butler series. Um, we kind of the, the funny story is um, we the way that we met was I was looking for someone with a little bit of like hands on knowledge or skills to build um, analog audio. Uh, Neural circuits, right? I had kind of like a bit of background in in in, in industrial uh, engineering and product engineering, but just a little bit. And so we we kind of Marcus and I met on via something like Craigslist, like Austrian Craigslist, where he posted his homemade uh, Moog type of synth that he completely built by himself. I thought that was so amazing yeah. that someone just like built their own synthesizer, and I, and I just approached him. I called him up and I said, "Hey, Marcus." I saw your like uh, li listing, and I think I'd be like interested in pursuing like building building a new circuit. And so that's how how we just clicked, nice. and, and 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 we thought that was like I, I gotta say that's probably the most pressure free time I can think of running the company. You know, it's like what everything is possible. You have absolutely no 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 pressure, no like. Uh, Kind of kind of like um view from outside where people are expecting something to happen in a particular way or like whatever product is it just came to be and i think that's that's why um i feel i feel like i i can i can i can say the quality is right for, for what we try to do 
and and then people just felt yeah like this this is something that deserves to the work <laughs> that's dope that's dope and how many have you have you that was the first thing but if i go to your site here hold on let me see if i'm hitting the right thing i think i am if you wanted to i could share share my screen i'll also share like my flats yeah, yeah, you could do that. I think you could share your screen on your side. Let me, let me try and do this. Yeah, I'm going to share my, my Chrome tab with, um, there we go. I'm kind of hoping. That's yeah, it. here we go. Yeah, oh, nice. So that was that was kind of like the first my my first um, just a box with with MIDI inputs and CV outputs that, that I built with a friend of mine who is like mm -hmm. uh, the engineer behind actually Raven the, the, this, the, our our second product line that we came up with and back oh, was then, Raven uh, the, the second product that that was that's not even a product that's just like a thing that we threw together but um, <laughs> I I thought what we my first extension of, of like music production was not necessarily buying a huge rack. I wanted to have a small rack to just try out a couple of things, and and uh, but I really did want to have a little bit more hands-on control on like amount and depth uh, from like MIDI going out to, to the modular. And then we built this based on some Arduino, and it was crazy fun to just solder it. And, and uh, so that gave me that gave me a little bit of like uh, false false encouragement to pursue building a product and. Here's Marcus holding our first uh, Butler VCO. Very proud. Nice. So th that's what it looked like back then. That's that's how we um, that's how we kind of built those things really by hand. And uh, that that's the first first uh, space that we had where we just friends of ours ran a, a graphics company. Uh, amazing people metaphor and they still do and and I was just kind of sitting in the corner and Marcus was soldering in another corner and that's how we kind of started building all that um, hand matching uh, transistors which you guys for sure know what it is uh, and and um, yeah that, nice. that's kind of how, how it came to be but then the, the point was that um, our first realization of it was really completely DIY approach to everything we didn't really have any 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 particular like brand name or brand idea other than bird bits coming from originally where where the label was yeah and bird bits originates from charlie parker hmm. right okay yeah yeah at, at the time when i was starting when i was getting heavy into jazz 2010 um i, I was reading charlie parker's uh, biography and um, I was super moved by 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 the, like Charlie Parker's life and 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 adventure as a musician. He had a very short life, but he contributed that much to what we perceive as music now. And I felt that resonated with me on the level that we are all kind of birds, kids. So we're like that is super dope. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> no like doubt. there wouldn't be there wouldn't be there there wouldn't be house music there wouldn't be Detroit techno there wouldn't be none of that there wouldn't be actually like something that that I feel I could call 
I know like like American heritage would not be possible without jazz, without black music, mm -hmm. without African music. So so that's that's where it resonated with me strongest. And I was I always myself um, kind of I, I don't know I, I, I that I, I always gravitated towards let's say uh, like music. And that, 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 that's where Bird Kids comes from. Dope, dope. And this, uh, someone's asking, this box that's on the screen, they want to know exactly what it is, what it does. <clears throat> that's the first version of the Butler VCO, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, while Marcus was soldering that on his table, I was running and then just printing out stickers and trying out faceplates and, and, and uh, drilling, nice. drilling through all of that. So. Then the next day, I was on the plane to Brooklyn, mm -hmm. and I just, without any any announcement, went into control, went up to uh, to, to to those guys who you probably know, right, and uh, said, "Hey, would you like to just um, listen to our box?" <laughs> they, <laughs> they didn't send me off. They said, "Hey, why not?" Like. Yeah. Let's plug it in. Let's see what it does. And be honest, I didn't know if it's gonna work because I, I, I literally got it from Marcus's hands at five o'clock in the morning. Got in a cab, drove to the airport, flew to flew to New York, um, got on got on a train, went there, and just like, yo, that's wild, Mike. So you 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 took it right from the the engineer's bench. It was like, I'm gonna fly to Brooklyn. Hey, y'all want to hear this box? I, I would have been thinking, like, I better plug this up first before. I... <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly how it goes. You see how much, like, how much uh, plane we had. And then, then next thing, uh, went to Berlin to Schneider's, of course. Um, I was really intimidated by everybody there being so like top of the game in terms of module at the time. And I was just like a new. Right, so so I, I cautiously approached the idea of presenting it in, in Berlin, but then uh, one one thing led to another. They loved the sound of that, and the other critique that I got is that it doesn't have enough um, like ins and outs. So <laughs> so like not enough modulation sources. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was that was kind of like the, the, the one critique that we got. But then I, I, I I'm kind of like the one thing that I'm probably proud of most. And my contribution to that design is that I stuck to my guns and I just said, hey, it's not about the amount of features. It's really about a curated selection that leads to a particular sound. So like mm -hmm. the one thing about modular that you could go over, overboard is by uh, like giving people every possible option, what to modulate and what to tweak and what to do, right? But then like, what's the, what's the core idea? And what I loved about about just pure sound is that if you take the design and you you have like let's say seven controls in total in front of you, every time you tweak one of those, even like by a, by, by 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 an inch, you should be able to hear a huge difference. So okay. it was all about listening in and feeling what you're what you get there. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. I kind of dig that because. That means you treated it more like an instrument than just some sort of science project. You you kind of tuned it with your ears so that you know that, you know, certain movements, certain things will happen. You were curating the sound, curating things that created a sound. It's real dope. Um, and and so I actually know Gerald Fjord, I remember when 
uh, he was on Instagram and he said, yo, I got a Raven. And it was the last one left. And I, I reached out to the guys at Bird Kids and they had one more or two more. And I got this one. <laughs> and he did some demos of it. And I was like, whoa, that sounds incredible. So good job on it. Because it really, the the Raven, I've definitely heard the Raven. It sounds really dope. Oh, Didn't, thanks uh, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Didn't Div Kid do a video on the Raven too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that and I was like, wow, that thing sounds good, but I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we, uh, uh, Div Kid, Div Kid definitely, uh, he was he was one of the first to actually demo one and uh, he, he even got uh, like an early beta. He gave us so much, uh, so much input. He really, uh, it was like, like Ben's contribution to that scene is, is insane. Yeah, Ben's super dope. Everything he does so much. He's he's the modular ambassador for real. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, Ben, if you hear us, respect. That's right. That's right. So now I want to I want to kind of talk about um, how you went from that to, or the Eurorack stuff, which I imagine you you still do the Eurorack stuff too, right? But you decided at some point to do a controller. How'd that all come about? Oh, wait, or actually, before before you talk about the controller, let me just show people. I want to play this <clears throat> this video. Is it you doing this video? You know which one I'm I'm about to play, right? It's the the slum village joint. Um, yeah, that's that's my unfortunate a bit bit making uh, skills. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're about to I listen to that a lot actually because I'm like I'm that was really dope. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna play this because I want people to you know get a load of uh of of the off grid here um and see it in action with what are you using it with here what's the app that's koala simpler yeah that's Dope. The, yeah yeah if you hold on i'm gonna go back all right I'll play this here As, as put by Beats by Rossi, Rossi Flames. <laughs> I watched that probably like five times over the past like three or four days. 
And um, it's just so dope. I, I feel like that's such a it's such a proper demo for what this thing is because you know a lot of the apps on iOS are great, but I feel like without having a tactile surface to to use them, they they lose a lot of of what you know, for certain people at least inspires us, you know, like I just need something where I have that physical feedback of, of control and what I'm doing, um, where tapping just a screen kind of doesn't do it for me. And you see it in that, that it's just like, man, like it's, it's, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It can just be like, you know, some basic stuff, some basic controls, and then you get that hands-on control and it fits in your pocket. Like (laughs) it's pretty dope. Yeah, Ken's all about that going outside to make beat stuff. I, I I make beats in the house where I got Wi-Fi and power outlets, you know? So, like, for me, I look at this thing and I'm like, huh, this could be a great modulation tool for my just my DAW, you know? Because uh, that's kind of what I use with my OP1 for because it has the whole gyroscope thing. Yeah. I use it to do stuff like this, but this way... This is way lighter than the OP1, at least I think it is. Um, and I could do some of the uh, similar things to this. So I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about this. Yeah, it's really, it's, really cool. It's really well put together, too. And I mean, it's, it's just nice and neat. And <laughs> it just looks good. And it's all the right basic controls there. But it gets much deeper because there's a lot of like, you can jump into a menu and adjust different things. Um, but so the first question, Inky asks, is it Android compatible? But it's a uh, it's it's Bluetooth, right? So anything that you know, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. It's it, it's it's compatible with whatever whatever can do uh, Bluetooth LE. So the first thing to just get right, um, I don't know, it's super confusing. Bluetooth is not does not equal Bluetooth LE. Uh, why the, the reason I'm saying that is uh, it's not about the protocol or discussing the protocol. It's 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 the fact that some of the of this world's leading manufacturers, Google, Apple, right? Um, I feel that I've not done the best job yet making it clear for people that you do not connect your device to Bluetooth LE MIDI via the regular Bluetooth pane. And so we, 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 we created those walkthroughs which kind of deal with um, how do you connect an upgrade to your host device. And so, so those, those are, for example, you can connect it to iOS as a separate walkthrough, Android as a separate walkthrough, um, macOS, NPC, and uh, Linux works as well. It's a, little, it's a little, little bit more cumbersome to connect it, but it works. And so, so it's basically the takeaway here is if your host can do Bluetooth LE, then off-grid will enumerate as a MIDI controller is as simple as that. Off-grid is not a magical unicorn beast in terms of like having some proprietary protocol. It's just a MIDI controller that advertises over Bluetooth LE, or you can tether it by uh, USB. Okay, dope, dope. Well, yeah, good job, man. This seems like uh, um, you're a lot into it. And I, I watched some videos and I, I saw uh, some pictures of you all kind of <laughs> going through it wasn't maybe it was the, the kickstarter you had a lot of information on kickstarter tell us how the kickstarter process was to to kind of get this thing going via kickstarter i've heard that kickstarter is an absolute headache <laughs> just the idea of the iterations and keeping everybody updated and you know just the uh level of attention and detail that you have to have uh, yeah. and 
you know, really failing upwards, right? Like <laughs> you, anything that might happen in the course of you developing this, it's all there to be shown and you just kind of keep going up with your thing. How was that process? Well, the process was pretty, pretty insane. So from, from, from get-go, we actually, the idea, the idea of uh, Upgrade came to be sometime in 2019, in the sense that I wanted to take some time off uh, modular as such, and uh, um, like focus on one modular product being Raven, and also Unicorn Boom, which is another modular we had, and then kind of see um, if Bird gets is to continue as a proper company, let's say, like that. My, my particular wish was to uh, find kind of like a place where I feel bird kids can contribute most to music. And uh, we, I, th I think we talked about it briefly before. I, I always felt that bird kids needs to contribute to music, not necessarily technology. Um, now we are a tech company, of course, we build hardware. So it's a little, it might sound a little bit esoteric, but what I mean by that is that the, the hardware that we produce or, or software, or whatever it might be, needs to enable uh, in an intuitive way. So intuition and letting you have like hands-on control to just play without think, pre-thinking or making it too heady or like the, the entire process of making music is just, you know, for me it felt like the serendipity of, 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 of like having a musical idea, you never know where it comes, you never know where it'll be, you, you might be like on the shower, you might be on the toilet or in a meeting. And uh, then being able to capture that moment felt like if we were to build a hardware which encapsulates all of those things, and I know that there are brilliant companies out there, such as Finnish Engineering, who, who managed to do that on a very small footprint, um, completely integrated. But I felt that there is a lot of good coming from apps. Apps are, um, like, I cannot describe the, the brilliance of some app developers. Mm -hmm. But I always feel that some of those apps are held back by the physical medium of, like, a tablet or the screen. And that's something that, that Ken already pointed out before, like having some, 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 some kind of, like, feel of playing an instrument. So I felt that if there is something that we can contribute to everyone being able to afford kind of like a tactile interface, which lets you play it as, as an instrument and have the primitive qualities that we also love about just banging, banging on on the pads, and at the same time have a couple of couple of things like like having a small joystick, shouldn't be like a super um, expressive, huge kind of lever or anything like that. It's it's more about bending a string. I always felt that it's more it should be it should feel like bending a string. You know, I play bass. Uh, uh, and for me, just having a little bit of modulation possibility on, on that, that's where, what the joystick is about. It's not about precisely locating something in a, in a, in a, in a, in a like a Cartesian XY coordinate. And that's maybe something that people get, 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 get wrong about upgrade. It's, 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 it's all about being in a moment and capturing some musical, um, like idea, right? And, 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 uh, Bluetooth Elite was just, protocol that was ready to go in 2019. So it was really about timing. And your uh, Kickstarter came to be simply because we didn't know who would, if there are people out there interested in that type of medium and that type of idea at all, I had no idea because we, we, we were coming from modular, right? So we knew, we knew, uh, we knew our community and, and we had tremendous respect for the community, but we didn't feel that this is necessarily fitting for that community, particularly 
seeing as a lot, a lot of people in the modular community are already on a very high proficiency level technologically. And a lot of those people already have MIDI controllers which are insanely good, right? They are like 20, 30, 40 years of technology already integrated, incorporated. So I, I never felt like this is where we want to compete with those products. I just felt that um, there is a particular notion that I like about having a mobile setup where the app developer should be able to go even crazier off the tangent and create some pretty interface, mind-blowing sounds. And we worry about having you capture notes, right? And movements and things like that. So, so that that was that was the idea, and I felt that Kickstarter could be like an interesting platform to just show people what the idea is, and see if someone is interested. We didn't have any expectations, and we had no idea how Kickstarter operates as a, let's say, a proper business. The business behind Kickstarter running a campaign. That was we were really naive. Mm -hmm. gotta, gotta tell you that. And the other side of it, running a campaign is tremendously gratifying by, 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 by like connecting with new people. And at the same time, extremely um, stressful because you have, to, you have to meet expectations. You have to be, and especially coming into COVID where we, like, we started off with a campaign and we had a pretty good idea of how we will deliver it for a certain quantity. So we pre-ordered a lot of the components, thanks God. Otherwise, yeah. we would be nowhere because um, Honestly, we had a more than more than 12 months of delay on our original uh, date shipping those. So that was disastrous on so many levels. And I know that a lot of hardware companies are going through the same thing, but uh, keeping, keeping, keeping like the community together and making, making people understand that we're not only trying to meet their expectation, but super signals um, was, was hard it was a lot of work and it's still a lot of work and i know there is a lot of frustration on all sides and we are as frustrated as people waiting by the fact that we cannot deliver all of those units that we have right now um in one go because ideally everything that lies here in the background should be just put in an envelope and sent worldwide but we hand assemble each and every off-grid we hand test it hand calibrate it yeah. and um make sure that it's just completely functional and people might not understand that this product was actually hand manufactured mm -hmm. but it takes time and 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 and, and since we have like uh, 1300 bakers um it's gonna take some time until we can go through all of those just the fact that it that like you say and it's it's hand built when you look at the unit you wouldn't think that you would think okay you, like this is a mass produced product that you know should just be you know which even if it was mass produced right now the world we live in is you know a nightmare when it comes to getting things manufactured but yeah i mean that sheds a lot of light on on you know what you're going through to get the product out um i, I want to circle back to the the bluetooth le for a little bit um what were some of the challenges you were facing as far as using that? Um, because I know that, you know, some things work latency wise better than others. And I thought it was really interesting that in the demo video, you show it working with Koala and you're, you know, there's, there's nothing attached there. You're just going at it. And it's, that can be really scary latency wise. Yeah. The thing the, the, the first thing that we get with people who are not initiated with upgrade or even, even backers who totally believed in what it is, and now have it, the first impression is there's no latency. How the hell, you know, like, or, or you can see 
DBS say uh, uh, on his channel, he first thing he, when when I sent it to him, and he was such a such an important figure for me to just have it first um, to to see what his feedback is because appreciate person's uh, contribution so much, but. First thing he did, he held it to the camera. He had like like this camera on the ceiling. He held it there and just showed no strings. You know, like a magician. No <laughs> strings. There's nothing here. And then he just started playing it in real time, and I was blown away. I knew that there is no latency, but I was like a child looking at the magician in complete disbelief. How is this happening? And the the, the way that that this happens, there are two things. Bluetooth LE is a is is an amazing protocol. Um, it's pretty far by now in terms of what's possible technologically, but you gotta you gotta put in those extra thousand hours into getting it right. There's no there's no way around it. It's just we, it's just a lot of firmware, a lot of firmware work, a lot of tests, a lot of like uh, yeah. It's it, it's not that we improve the protocol as such. We 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 just work on. Um, the way that it's handled in in, 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 in in the entire loop of data going back and forth. And there's a lot to optimize there and there's a lot to get right and wrong. And I feel uh, extremely proud uh, for the entire team for what we've achieved in terms of uh, being able to get that latency to work for audio. Yeah, I saw, I saw someone doing a demo with the off-grid with our app with Chompler and lo-fi uh, lo tape uh and i was blown away when i i saw the the latency free kind of like i was like what this is kind of this is kind of crazy because our our app is you know choppable you know you you can chop in sections and i saw the way that he was doing i was like wait there's no time delay there yeah oh i need i need this i need this this is pretty this is this is pretty cool yeah now, it's a tremendous amount of work that went into 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 getting it right. And the high hand-eye uh, uh, coordination thing, like how many works. I mean, you could. There's a lot to say about trying. I think everybody should. Everyone interested in the process should try and build their own MIDI controller because it's extremely gratifying. You learn a lot about it, and uh, there are so many great tools right now. I mean, you can go to Adafruit. You can go to like all of those controllers. You can build your own MIDI. That's amazing, and there is so much going on open source wise. Um, I think getting it to perform where it's seamless in terms of like being 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 a performance instrument, that's where you really need a dedicated team. It doesn't have to be a, like 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 a brand or a, or a product or such, but just a dedicated team to get it right. And by all means, you can get it right with with an open source team if you want to put all those hours. But we just said, hey, we're all in. This is the mission. We want to get it to where you don't notice any latency. We want want you to just not think about that stuff so it should be like your first thought and, and yeah uh, yeah it's super dope super dope uh, i have uh somebody's asking basically where is it how much is it <laughs> is right, it uh, the, the the controller is right now we put a small quantity on retail uh which is going for 165 euros excluding shipping that's the net price now originally when we started the kickstarter campaign and it'll t this this will tell you how naive and uh, unbusinesslike we are we put the early bird tier at i think roughly something like 89 euros and 
the only justification for that ridiculous price back then it was that, that we could actually source one of the main components for a reasonable price at the time. Like we, we, we ordered maybe like 500 of those uh, just pro forma because we felt this is the technology we are going to be developing in any way. And then after COVID, we, uh, there was like a huge meltdown on this type of component because we, we found ourselves competing actually not against sourcing wise, uh, not competing against uh, fellow audio producer, uh, produ production companies, but um, automotive industry or IoT, where, where like Ford Motors is like, we're going to stock up on whatever comes out of Malaysia in terms of uh, wafers. So whatever comes out of that Malaysian uh, uh, factory right there, we're gonna we're gonna buy all of it, right? So so um, the fact that we're we're going for Bluetooth is a curse and a blessing because Bluetooth uh, uh, integrated controllers that we're using in Upgrade are um, you know like amazing technology which you can get uh, you can get for a pretty decent price I would I would say, but at the same time they are very sought after and so we found that there was no stock and there's not gonna be any. Yeah, that that's the tough part. To yeah, in the middle of a of a pandemic, to you know, to introduce such a dope product and then have the problems that everybody is having with getting parts and stuff. That's got to be a kicker. Like, that's tough. Yeah, but 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 you know, like we're all in it. Any every hardware company is in it in some in some sense. I mean, um, of course, if you if you're building maybe uh, less wireless technology oriented products in hardware maybe you will not have that those problems but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that everyone who has some kind of higher integrated technology some kind of microcontroller will have a problem um or if, if they didn't stock up on certain components and then knowing that, that a lot of uh, modular companies or small tech companies um, are not necessarily cannot cannot really necessarily afford to just overstock on components um, Used to be that um, you would you would just like build on like on demand or produce on demand, and it's perfectly possible uh, uh, these days. But COVID, I think, put a stop on that. Yeah, that's wild. This works wired too, right? Via USB. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that works tethered via USB. Uh, you, we have like a USB C plug. We chose USB C plug for the fact that it's mechanically very sound, but uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's really dumbed down to USB uh, uh, one or okay. Or in that sense, so we have actually um, USB C going to USB A. That's the cable that we ship it with, and it should work great. Like cool, cool. dumbed down version with of, of, of that. Um, one thing that we definitely want to do do for the next revision, if that should happen, is um, have like a USB C to C connection. But that would require uh, like a much more much more integrated power management IC, and um, an integrated PMS PMIC would uh, definitely raise the price for where we originally wanted to be. So uh, a handshake um, between between a CNC device would require a little bit more. Um, intelligence and on, on the part of the power management protocol. Uh, the question, so I saw, I see that it's velocity sensitive and is it also pressure? Is there after touch built into it? There is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's FSR technology and FSR technology. You all will probably know from NPCs, uh, mm -hmm. 
as far back as the as the 80s. Uh, actually, we we work with the same company that built, I believe, uh, built the first FSR sensors for the for the legendary Akai MTC. Um, very proud to work with those people. Extremely professional. They're based in Seattle. Uh, they're called Interlink, and mm -hmm. Interlink is one of the one of the leading uh, manufacturers uh, in. They've, they've developed the technology back back in the '80s. So we we actually we actually um, we not only sourced that the FSR technology from them, we actually co-developed with them a particular custom FSR uh, sensor type just for off-grid and went through I don't know how many iterations, like a lot, to get it right. So so like literally with with with. Countless nights of just trying to get the dynamic range right, and the, a lot of people actually comment first on, "Wow, I got a, I got to hit a, 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 like a pad really hard to like get an old up." And I think people are just not used to having their pads that velocity sensitive. Mm -hmm. So, 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 so um, I think the velocity sensitivity for a lot of mini controllers is kind of like granular to the level of having like four to six to eight zones. And only high high quality uh, gear uh, can afford to have like a more like more dynamic range where you can yeah so so that firmware wise we we give people of course the option to set their dynamic range curve uh, a little bit like uh, harder so that you 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 just leave out a lot of it and just start let's say 40 50 60 or something like that. That's cool. And you know, I gotta say the the feeling of the pads, the physically, uh, not everybody gets that right. I, I will say for controllers and the fact that these are smaller, they feel really nice. Um, I can I can name a few drum machines that I can look to the side here. <laughs> I, got, I got one right here next to me, looking at it like these yeah. pads are not good. Yeah, and and these pads are really dope. So, um, I imagine you had those custom made, and you kind of tweaked those to taste till you got to a point where. What was that process like for you? That process was just <laughs> um, painful, but very rewarding <laughs> to get right. I'll tell you why. Because like we built crazy apparatus. We just we 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 lasered like some kind of um, like a, like a plastic lever. With uh, with like a hem like like a soft hammer attached to it, and we would have a plate plate here attached to the to the to the to the to, to, to the desk, and we would fling it around so that it just presses on the sensor and gives us just a very tiny 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 trigger to see how that impulse actually translates to dynamic range. So the FSR sensors, the FSR technology to understand how it works, it's um, a substrate. Uh, that is put on on uh, that is put on 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 a film like let's say let's say a film we and that substrate drops resistance the more you press it so the compression drops the resistance right so so we have like a higher resistance built uh, range uh, like that uh, that is engineered to when let's say 150 uh, kilo ohm right so the harder you press it starts having quarter in it. So, and, and all the way down to let's say uh, 20 ohm or something like that. So, okay. so you have a huge drop in range in resistance range, and you've got a 
interpolates all the crazy uh, things going on in that chemical process. So it's a chemical process which is translated to the digital imposed by a, a readout of an ADC. There's a lot of analog, analog technology actually going in there, which I, I believe um, it's very rewarding to get it right, but it's a lot of work. And we've experimented with silicone um, um, distances between the, the, the actual actuation point. So it's, it's a lot of engineering trial and error. I wish I could tell you we ran uh, some kind of simulations uh, in very professional software and we found the perfect point and we just clicked on print and it got, we got it right, but no, that's not how it is. No. Okay, I got, one more, I got one more weird question. Yeah. Is there a bigger version of this in that room somewhere that, you know, it's not quite as small as the off-grid, but did you guys try uh, uh, other sizes of it and this is the size that you said to yourself yeah this is what's going to work um for what we're trying to do because i could see myself having one of these a bigger one that's just my pad controller for stuff because even though i have dedicated you know i have npcs i have that stuff i don't i still don't really like the pads on a lot of them I um I still find like older controllers like my old uh, MK2 machine has some of the best pads that I've used um, personally. But I'm not a finger drummer. I'm strictly input, you know, input. But I'm a drummer in real life, so I'm very sensitive to velocity and all that sort of stuff. And on a small surface like that, it's pretty tough for me to really get down the way that I want to. So I'm just interested if, you know, just blink twice, you don't have to answer it, but you know, I wonder if, I wonder if there's a bigger version in there somewhere that, you know, we could see or, or, or that you guys have tried to make it. We, well, I'll be honest with you, we haven't tried any, 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 any burger version uh, as such. Uh, on, on the contrary, we're trying to get it to us to a form factor where it just fits in the pocket and is pretty much gotcha. the size of a phone, right? So that, that was kind of like the intention there. So it, you can pair it with a phone um, and just, it, it's the smallest footprint altogether. You have the phone, you have the goes in your pocket. But having said that, what we achieved with the velocity sensitivity, with the dynamic range and all of that, um, I, I absolutely understand. I, I would I would love to have a small like you guys maybe remember. Uh, I I think it was Akai. They had the trigger finger or finger trigger or whatever that. Oh, the the M audio trigger finger. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I had it next to me all the time when I was producing. I, I I don't remember the velocity to be honest. I don't know if it was good or bad or anything, but that that type of format that is just you can you can you can you can just put it on a, like a drum stand like a like a snare snare stand and just have it next to your pad i love that idea i would I, like i would if we had the resources time and possibility to explore something like that i would love to do that and i would definitely not way of exploring those things oh no yeah, yeah. the company we like a very young and very small company with a lot of challenges to go through right now um we need to to focus on one thing and do it properly first, and if there is, of course, yeah, we just who feel that this is something that is really missing, and I'm very cautious about exploring technologies where I don't feel that we really have some major idea that hasn't been explored yet, because I feel there's a lot of a lot of companies out there that that, that they they know their niche for a reason, because that's something that they're passionate about, and they build the best products, right? 
like all of you are exactly in that area. And, and um, I, I would never want to explore something where I feel others are doing pretty well, uh, having their vision, and we're just like slightly improving. It has to be a major impact or what we're passionate about. Yeah, you know, the reason why I'm asking is because there, and, and I'm not going to say the name of the company, but there was one pad controller that I had bought a couple years ago that was very promising on paper. You know, um, multi, multi point, you know, every pad was, you know, X, Y. It was, it was like, oh man, this is going to be the thing. I touched those pads and I was just like, someone kill me now. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, who who was do who was developing this? Like, this doesn't make sense. But I understand on paper it made sense. Right. Yep. But the feel, I was like, this is horrible. This is like it's like drumming on wood. And like the head, the head's being made out of wood, not the drum. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so much, like, you need, to, I think if you want to develop any type of, let's call it what it is, if you want to develop any type of instrument, like a MIDI controller, there's no reason why a MIDI controller shouldn't be considered an instrument, right? I mean, we're mm -hmm. all a lot. Like, of course, the definition of a classical MIDI controller, if you go to Wikipedia, would be something like an 88-key uh, MIDI uh, keyboard, right? And that's fair enough. But who is to say that MIDI, uh, as a format, as a protocol, it can be... Uh, like what's what's Roland and, and Yamaha and all those guys are doing is just groundbreaking engineering work sometimes, which may down the line become a product or not, but like having a wind instrument or something like that, breath controlling. Everything that we can put into MIDI, and MIDI is developing as well. MIDI is going towards 2.0. I mean we're now on, on the on the we're now MIDI MIDI um, uh, like a, like a, in the media association or tiny speck in the media association, but we want to contribute. We want to see where MIDI 2.0 goes. Uh, I like the idea of MPE. We try to incorporate some our version of MPE uh, into into Offgrid, and I, I think fairly enough we get a lot of flag for it. Like people are saying, "Oh, you have the nerve to call this MPE, but it doesn't go X and Y and Z." Don't pay attention to those people. No, no, no. I, I, that's perfectly fine. I'm, 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 I totally understand where people are coming from. Um, protecting the definition of of what MPE is judging it based on what um, Roger Lynn wanted to do, or other people tried to do, or Rolly did, it's, it's all groundbreaking technological work. It's just that looking at, at Afkari, what it is, it's a gamepad. You have all the, all the features of the gamepad in your hands, and you have the MPC layout here, or Fog of Leverage, and a little bit of a joystick, and a little bit of uh, gestural control. And so obviously, you're not trying to do 16, uh, 16 of polyphony here, or like uh, some crazy vibration in all three directions. That's not really what we're trying to do. What we're trying to achieve is that finding how, how actually having the gestural controller would translate into MPE with aftertouch and so on and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of notions to explore within the protocols that are given to us by those great developers. That's what I'm looking forward to, to, to kind of explore. But in an ideal world, I would want every audio manufacturer company to to have at their heart someone who is passionate about music and uh, and, and running it not just as a, as a business that sells hardware or software or whatever it is, but just like picturing themselves, hopefully all of them are producers or musicians in some way or another. Yeah. And 
they just ask themselves, hey, uh, like, does that give me that, like, like, really, does that resonate with me being a musician or a producer in terms of can I translate my personality into the music through this instrument, yes or no? If it's just the gadget, maybe it's not good enough. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you just said something that was really intuitive that I've never thought about it this way. You say, can I translate my personality through this piece of gear? And that's a struggle that I had with modular for a long time. Um, because, you know, Corey and Ken know, I'm always asking questions about sequencers. Like, can I translate my personality mm -hmm. between this sequencer that's very rigid? And like, you know, I, I come from a jazz background. So for me, I couldn't find the flexibility um, of translating my personality in modular sequencing because it was so based on divisions of time and not the time in between those divisions right um same thing with controllers if as a drummer if when i hit the drum with a stick i have a certain amount of expression i i'm always dissatisfied with pads like always because it's just not the thing that for so when you said that i was like man that's a great way of describing my feelings like my personality isn't translated through this thing but, I, mean, I just thought that was really cool if you're a drummer i mean i mean like the fact that 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 piece of like a uh, little bit of wood a little bit of like uh aluminum or metal and then an animal hide or hopefully maybe some some kind of like substitute of that uh mm -hmm. just hang over it can you think of something like more natural or intuitive or like amazing to just create this type of operation by hitting it with a stick? And then like when you want to play, when you, when you want to play the rim, you want to, when you want to play the rim shot and not, not a snare hit, right? Like I, I, I used to train a little bit like just, uh, mm -hmm. like play traditionally, yeah. right? So if you want to, if you want to play the rim shot, um, you don't think how am I going to translate my motion in a particular sector to create that sound, just hit it on the rim. And you have the dream shot and if mm -hmm. on a pad you have to program it now i will play a rim shot and not a snare rim shot activated rim that's right. that's right. so Rims. you know yo so, that's the next title of my album rim shot activated <laughs> right? that's great <laughs> i think i think technology can be uh if technology doesn't let you translate what you want to do faster or more intuitive or like give you a little bit of like it, it should liberate what you're doing uh if it doesn't do that maybe it's not there yet right so so so, so yeah. I think, you know that's that's kind of like the way that i would like to approach any type of design that we're trying to do for uh for music yeah and that's, that's super cool. taking me back to, to to modular uh it was it was never about having the most modulation sources, ins and outs, and things like that, to do what exactly? To like pre-calculate what you're trying to get on the other end? No, just listen and close that filter and play it. And you know, like if, if, if that's good enough for like five people, I'm happy. Yeah. Well, modular kind of gives me a whole different vibe because of the range of possibilities with certain things. So if I can't, 
get achieve something with a sequencer, I'll do it with an LFO because I know an LFO can go in between all those resolutions of of grids. Off grid, no no pun intended, but you know what I'm saying. So it, it kind of goes there. Um, and I'm always fascinated when people create stuff that gives us new input sources that help us express things in a more um, more creative way. And the off grid is really cool because uh, especially with things like Koala, with uh, our app Chompler, with, you know, Beatmaker, or even some of the physical modeling stuff that's on the iPad. Uh, I'm looking forward to see the expression with this controller, with some of that stuff, with like Impactor um, is a really cool physical modeling drum app um, that I want to see like, oh, how will this react to that? What I'm thinking about like, I want to hook it up to the, uh, what it, what is it called? The um, shuttle control? Oh yeah, I had, I had the shuttle control. Like I, I, I could see hooking it up with that, with, with some of my percussion modules and whatnot and and having some some fun with it that way, man. That that sounds interesting to me. I always like I always like having. Um, I've got the uh, Delptronics uh, Wii Chuck. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that one, where you you can use a Nintendo Wii controller and you can get like the X Y and stuff like that. I I find that to be really fun for uh, Euro rack effects and whatnot. So then you combine that with the drum pads on there, and you could do some really cool stuff. So I like I like playing the um, the Eurorack drums kind of real time, and and just triggering things off like that and recording straight audio sometimes, because then you know it it gets back to that whole thing like what you're saying about um, what Steel was saying about rigid sequencers and and whatnot. Sometimes I just like to record just the straight audio of whatever it is that I'm doing, record that performance and enjoy it, you know. And, uh, and I, I, I think also to go back to a little bit to, to what uh, uh, still said, um, to, to translate your translate kind of like your personality into a piece of gear. I mean, uh, looking back at history of like electronic uh, music, techno music, I think people from Detroit, um, like having that really, that 909, which was conceived to have like a very like, rigid type of bossa nova or before that like 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 you know like on the click accompany yeah. the bass player or something <laughs> like that but like a lot of drummers probably were freaked out they said oh, yeah this is this this is bullshit that's not drumming that's yep. <laughs> exactly it's like having a metronome going right yeah. but then you have someone like jeff mills you have or you have someone yeah. taking pp303 and just rocking the shit out of it because the personality comes through in a way that you would like overdrive the filter or you would just like go nuts right so it, it, taking those really particularly technologically thought out things to accompany like a drummer or accompany a bass player with a drummer and then just going off the tangent and making this crazy music because you don't know any any better no one is telling you doing <laughs> And so that's that's that I love I love that idea. And so we thought for for, um, for introducing Offgrid, like the motto should be, we had those we have those screens that say uh, actually on, on our on our website, um, our friends of ours <clears throat> created this kind of like identity for for the product, and they said, you know what, you guys are trying to challenge the status quo. And I know this sounds a little bit like like advertising buzzwords and so all that. <laughs> the status quo, what, what the hell is that? But 
I love the fact that we could say, you know, play to show off or play for the old lady in the park, play when running away from the police and, you know, play <laughs> against the laws. So I'm picturing board, myself running from yourself. a cop. I'm picturing myself running from like a pack of dogs and cops, <laughs> just like doing a dope ass beat at the same time. Like, how you won't get me? Or you have like a you have a deal, you have a dealer siren in your pocket. That's hilarious. Actually, speaking speaking of that, real quick, what's the deal with the inbuilt speaker on this thing? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> So the, we, originally we wanted, it's, it's not a speaker, it's a buzzer actually. It's like one of those annoying things that, that, that you have like in, a, you had in the 80s built into everything. It's like a little piezo thing or what? Yeah, it's like a, like a piezo buzzer, a SMB buzzer, which we built in for the purpose, for the sole purpose of giving you a little bit of a beep, beep, beep when your battery runs low. And then we, <laughs> we were optimistic about the amount of time that we had to develop the firmware. And so someone came up with the idea, hmm, could we hack it to like play monophonic uh, sounds? And I said, sure, let's explore that for a weekend. And then like we, we built this kind of monophonic crazy uh, synth type of thing that you can do with it. So that's it. That's pretty much it. I, I appreciate it because it gives me another way to annoy my wife while we're sitting on the couch. <laughs> um, it's, it's not loud enough for that. I, I, oh, no. She can hear it. <laughs> the funny thing is when, when we um, when we started developing upgrades, there was 2020, um, like when we ran the campaign and we actually like had the validation, yeah, let's like let's do it, right? So that's when COVID hit, shot, uh, we went into lockdown, we were working from home, and uh, my partner, my wife and I uh, were pregnant, so we, uh, every time she wanted to go to bed, uh, and my, 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 my wife and partner is actually the designer behind the physical uh, properties of that thing. Nice. Nice. That product. This is, that's why it feels so good, because a professional designer came, uh, came up with a proper way to do that. That's uh, it's great. That is a super, super So we, we would always have those fights about not playing the buzzer late at night. <laughs> um, Mike, have you tried have you tried the off grid with Loopy yet? I haven't yet. Uh, that's on my to do list. I haven't downloaded the app yet. I haven't tried it out yet. I really wanna, but I didn't get to it yet. Dude, let me tell you, if 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 you want to annoy your wife ever, man, Loopy, bro. Look, let me tell you what I do. I'll change the passcode on my phone and just loop something and leave it on the table next to her. And she can't and she can't shut it off because she doesn't know the passcode. So it's just looping like forever and just drives her crazy. And so, you know, it, I just get a chuckle out of it. So, you know, looping, yeah, looping. It's the little things in life. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, start a war with me still next. <laughs> well, with, it, with this, you can do that, right? Keep keep everything locked. Walk away. Hide with the Bluetooth controller. Yep, yep. <laughs> and really just go to town on annoying the hell out of people. Oh, dude, dude, I love it. I love it. It's 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 called Office Vengeance. <laughs> it's great. It's great. <laughs> That's dope. That's great. So so 
are you guys um now that you have this controller going on um and you did you know the raven you had the battler are you are you looking still at returning back to like the analog synth stuff or do you do you have a preference as far as when you're developing things that you've found now that you've done this that hey i really enjoy doing you know the controller slash digital stuff or do i more enjoy you know doing the explorative analog stuff do you have a preference between them and are, are you still looking to develop on both sides of that or what well we're looking to support the analog products uh for for as long as possible of course and and, and there was a choice there was a conscious choice to focus just on one of them which is actually sustainable and maintainable in terms of production and that was raven I felt that like Raven was two years of my my uh, life and uh, annoying the shit out of uh, the engineers I was working with <laughs> to get it right. I would come into the workshop uh, with Sebastian, bless his heart, uh, and he would present me like with the filter, and I'd say, mm, "Can we try a different value for that uh, for that range?" You know. So it's like it's about the small things, like when you go like that. How much of a sweep you actually have of the filter where do you close where, where do you keep it open what's musically making sense you know because a lot of people will say it doesn't open all the way up it doesn't close all the way down yes i hear you there are ways to do that with cv a lot of the classic synths don't either so yeah yeah it's kind of like it should make sense by year and so i would sit there and sebastian bless his heart would desolder one value put it in another give it give me the headphones and i would sit there and go like that so I think it, it's extremely gratifying for me to build instruments, whatever those instruments are. And as, as long as I'm like part of this company in any way, I would love to pursue building instruments. Whether they're in the browser, in your hand, or analog, I don't really have a particular preference. Although, of course, truth be told, I love all things physical. Oh um, yeah, of course. I do. It's oh, so, so how, how are you integrating off-grid into your modular Good. um it's gonna get to that i'm glad you did I'm yeah because oh, yeah because the reason why i was i was just thinking you know i think about my shuttle control and i'm like man what if i had a bluetooth le little dongle that i can put into one of the usb things mm -hmm. that's that's just turning it into a wireless midi host now or or something like that in my euro rack that can speak to the bird to the off-grid mm -hmm. and that's sending out cv on a physical you know little you know on a 2hp 4hp module with gates and cvs out you know something i, I do wonder if you've even tried it with any of those dongles like that because i, I don't have I, any of those dongles yeah i was just wondering i bought something for kind of doing something like that recently and i i was not happy with the latency so is the Roland Wii MIDI that you know what I'm talking about that that Roland thing? There's actually is a that... video. There's there's a video online that I did with uh, with our uh, with our Bettler system and uh, Roland WM1. And uh, okay, so um, if you guys wanted to check out this on our YouTube channel, it's called Rocking It, and it's actually um, you guys remember that. Um, breakdance record from the 80s, Rockin' It. Oh, yeah, Herbie Hancock. Yeah. So they took a Kraftwerk sample and uh, spit it up. And so oh, I yeah, Kraftwerk. Yeah, yeah, dope, dope. yeah, so I wanted to reproduce that, but kind of like 
coming from that classical uh, angle of like. Um, That's cool. And so I wanted to produce that sound particularly on, on a modular and do that with off-grid, controlling the modular wirelessly. And so I used the WM1. Um, and WM1, to, to, to note, does, is, is not, is not um, you cannot post uh, off-grid on it. Off-grid as a MIDI controller, um, plays dump, and so it needs a host. So it needs any type of host, right? If okay. you can host it, you can do it. And we found with uh, some, some other off-grid users, there are certain hardware devices that let you actually be a Bluetooth host and some that don't. So WM1, for example, would require something in between that. It could be a phone, it could be uh, an iPad, or it could be a desktop, which hosts WM1 and hosts off-grid and then lets them just... Okay, like, gotcha. Yeah, the, the shuttle control, control would be the host in that case. Yeah, yeah, it would. Hmm. So if a, module, if a module could, could be a host and you could see all nearby um, devices advertising over Bluetooth LE, then in theory, they could shake hands. And once they do, uh, upgrade is just a MIDI controller over Bluetooth LE. Yeah, so what you would do is you would, you would get the you would get a Bluetooth LE dongle, USB dongle, plug that into the USB host port, and you should be good to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I got to try that. Hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like you could also just go, you know, with the USB C cable, you know, USB C to yeah, definitely to, uh, A, is it? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and you know, have fun with that. But um, yeah, it's always fun to be goofing off wirelessly in the studio. So I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, super cool. Let's see. What's this? Yeah, you could definitely annoy Ashley. Oh, heck yeah. So, okay, real quick, I just noticed something, the orientation of the controller. I noticed that on one video, it was positioned horizontally. No, vertically, I'm sorry, it was positioned vertically. And is there, are there different modes of when you wanna use it, you can use it like, you know, like in the iPhone, how you have landscape mode and can that be done with the controller? Not a, not not uh, at this moment yet. I, I I think what you're what you're trying to say is that if the orientation can just uh, uh, flip if you rotate it. Yeah, uh, because because if if I let's say I have it in my hand yeah. and I want to do or let's say if I'm a lefty, yeah, and I want the pads to be you know what pad number is that 
you know what I mean, just to flip yeah. it this way, and this is the bottom of it now. So that was just interesting from watching it. I didn't know if that's what yeah. was actually happening. That's what we that's what we aimed to do actually originally, and there's nothing technically standing in the way of doing that other than uh, resources. Uh, just time, okay. time to do that. But there's nothing technically standing in the way of that. That's something that we just didn't didn't have the kind of like the resources in the MVP scope being what mm -hmm. we're trying to get out of this right now. No, no, this is fully functional already as it is uh, being on the market or like just entering the market right now. But there are so many other things that we still want to do with that firmware wise. We just need to, like, our first priority right now is to make sure that the, the um, physical fulfillment going to Packers yep. who, who pledged for it two years ago is prioritized. And it's, an, it's very unfortunate to find ourselves in a position where, through that delay, we were not able to sustain the company uh, by regular operations. Because everything, basically everything that we could sell as products just was not manufacturable. Yeah. So no, I get it, man. We found ourselves kind of like with, uh, how, shall, how shall I put it, uh, the, the, the extreme pressure of, 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 of maintaining uh, like operational status as a company uh, and, and having this tremendous uh, obligation towards people who already helped us out, right? So, so, so there is nothing more important uh, than getting those off-grids to the backer's hands, but at the same time, we also need to kind of introduce it to the market in small steps. And hey, uh, man, that's great. That's I'm 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 so happy you guys are putting this out, man. It's a super good product. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's brilliant. It's small, and and honestly, I think it's you know it's clearly designed so well that it's one of those things that it's uh, surprisingly more than meets the eye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you look at it and you just don't realize. How much you could do with it and and how well it does what it does thank you that's i appreciate i appreciate uh that so much uh I, I, you know like the best thing that a product product can do is surprise you positively i think mm -hmm. and yeah. uh and and you know like i i feel maybe some of the footage that we did for the kickstarter campaign was a little bit corny and we didn't really know what we were doing in terms of like classical marketing where we said, hey, this is like about creativity and finding our own voice. Fair enough, but I think on like on lower level, this is a MIDI controller that works wirelessly. And so it should perform well as a MIDI controller and be a good instrument for you to play those things. So that's the MVP scope for us. That's how it's defined. Get it to enumerate with as many devices as possible. And you know, fair enough. There's we, we find we find some quirks with certain devices or some things that we need to correct on our end here and there. And so we want to spend the time to make it as stable as possible, and to, to just enumerate as a MIDI control with as many devices as possible. And there's still a lot to do there on that on that end. Once we're past that point where we feel it's the stability is given to most platforms which we want it to be com compatible with, we will be exploring the like the finer points of what can be done in firmware for sure. Dope. Well, yo, I, I for one, I'm looking forward to see, um, you know, what it becomes. It's, it's already in a great place. And, you know, good luck on getting all of the devices out there to all of the backers in, in, a, in a timely manner. And I know that can't be easy. But it's dope that you, you had a really successful Kickstarter campaign. And, um, you know, yeah, it's a good product, man. I'm I'm glad you came on to talk to us, and I'm looking forward to seeing 
how, uh, you know, not just the product progresses, but the company and, you know, your next things that you do. And, yeah. you know, so it's cool. Thanks for coming on, man. Anybody else got anything to before we get out? I'm just appreciative that he came on and, and it yeah. looks great. And I uh, wish you the best with that, man. Thanks. Thank you so much, guys. Super, 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 super nice of you to, to uh, host me and host Bird Kids and uh, give us a possibility to tell a little bit about us. And uh, yeah, pleasure. Pleasure to be here. No doubt. Yeah, it's it's great. A lot of the guys that beta test our app are using the off grid and it's it's so dope, man. So I can't wait to get one in my hands and try it out for myself and yeah. kind of go more into the app stuff that we're doing with with these kind of controllers because it makes a huge difference. It's so thank, really, thank, really great. Thank you. I, I, you know, one one thing that I would wish is that we had more possibility quantity wise uh, to have those in various geographical locations all around the world. But due to the, to the very limited nature of what we can actually produce physically from the quantities that were secured two years ago, uh, we tell people to like, you know, don't act on impulse and just get one. Um, if you if you're not sure if it's right for you or what it does exactly, wait until a friend of yours has it and then try it out and make sure that you really want to have it because each of those is like really kind of unique to us. We really have to do it by hand, and so we would love to sell ten thousand of those at some point, but at this point, uh, we want for people to really have kind of like the, the knowledge that it's right for them. And so um, I'll, I'll be stateside um, at the end of next week, actually, in San Francisco. This oh, nice. And I, I, I'm looking forward to connect with the community in California very much uh, because I think there's a very strong and amazing community going on there. And uh, I'll be I'll be having a couple of upgrades uh, with me in case someone wants to reach out and just try it out or something. So um, I'll just take Cor I'll just take Corey's. So I know where he live at. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just leave a I'm gonna leave a note where his off grid was. Like, hey, I borrowed this for a couple of days, man. <laughs> If I see a note that says I'll be off the grid and my anywhere, I'll know. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, you know, actually, one thing, one more thing before we do get out of here, we're, we're, you know, at about an hour and 20. So I don't want to go too much longer, but I do want to. Is there any thought to, because I feel like something like this is really, uh, it could really lend itself well to like children learning how to make electronic music. Is there any sort of thought or synergy there about, you know, kind of getting this in the hands of, of kids that, that want to learn electronic music or programs out there that are offering those kind of curriculum? Or was there any sort of goal or dream to kind of incorporate that sort of thought? That was actually the campaign goal. Uh, one, of the, one of the strongest campaign goals was that um, we would love for this to become an educational uh, uh, medium. But um, we, we're actively pursuing, actually, we're in conversation with a couple of institutions, both in the States and in Europe, to, uh, uh, to donate a couple of those. And uh, uh, that, that, would be, that would be a dream come true if we could have those, actually. In, uh, so if someone wants to reach out again to us and, and incorporate that into a curriculum or just uh, try it out, and, and I know some people already reached out, and I'm extremely grateful for that. So... Uh, we will be collaborating uh, willfully, and we would love to to see that in children's hands. Very cool. 
is it is it intuitive enough for a child to understand like how to how to play uh, play with an app? I, I can, honestly, I cannot say. Uh, I would love to see how professionals progress with teaching kids to play koala. I would love to see that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's absolutely intuitive enough to just play enough things. So if someone gets kind of like if if if, if someone uh, connects it to an app and it just works, and all you have to do is hit the pads make music that would be brilliant mm -hmm. right that that's, that's that would be really cool yeah indeed very cool man well like i said mike thanks for coming by um nothing but love and luck to the to the company and, and you guys on this mission and uh feel free to stop by anytime man i'd love to thank you very yeah, much man. all right cool super dope to the people out there, be sure to uh, check us out on social medias. And uh, when you see Ken, be sure to smack him in the back of the neck. Yes. <laughs> it's ex it's, it's exposed, too. <laughs> yeah, he got a fresh haircut. Neck is exposed. Yeah, he got that fresh, fresh neck. <laughs> Listen, man. Don't, don't start something you can't finish. <laughs> All right. Sign it off. <laughs>